Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. How are you? Good afternoon. It's Eric Erickson here, or good morning, wherever you are. Across the nation we go. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Well, well, well. I tried to tell you there was nothing to worry about. Some of you, however, were offended uh, that I thought it was silly hand-wringing. Some of you were very upset at the idea of the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, going to Davos. He's going to sell out, you said. They're going to co-opt him, you said. They're going to they're gonna get him to compromise his convictions. They're going to kill him, clone him, and send back a lizard man that looks like him, said the fringe. Possibly. Well, I find it very notable that they haven't released a lot of video of what he said. Uh, people went and found what he said. They've released video of the liberals. They've released the video of the global warming crowd. But you can go in and you can see the full thing. And, and people were able to go in and find Brian Kemp's speech. Um, and Brian Kemp attacked the Inflation Reduction Act. Attacked the unsecure border and went after the Davos crowd for supporting lockdowns. I told you he is who he is. You don't have to doubt me on this one. I know the guy. The, by the way, uh, I, I noted this on on uh, Instagram and had one response that says, sure, he said that, wink, wink. Some people now believe it's a deep fake video. They can't believe it. They, they think it, it's spent. Some people are insane. Some people think the earth is flat. I can't help crazy. I can't help crazy. But this Georgia redneck went to Davos, the only man there on stage in cowboy boots, and gave him the business politely, diplomatically, but gave him the business. Listen, yes, I was able to find the audio. The Davos crowd didn't excerpt which I find notable, the Davos crowd didn't want us to hear Kemp speaking truth in the room, but we were able to go find the video ourselves. Um, there's a lot of partisanship, and of course there will be disagreements in the democracy, but do you think it has gone so far that it can be a negative factor for America now moving forward? Well, listen, I think from my perspective, a lot of frustration with Washington, D.C. I understand you know, Senator Coombs' position on the IRA, uh, but, you know, that hurt Georgia-based uh, electric vehicle companies in our state. It was not treating them fairly. I believe the legislation picked winners and losers. Thankfully, I think the administration is working on, on fixing that. I don't think we were treated fairly in a state because we had been open. We had a low unemployment rate. So the level of funding coming out of Washington, D.C. and the current administration we were treated differently from New York and California. You know, their citizens per capita were getting more money than ours. And so that's frustrating to some someone like me as a governor that just wants to be uh, have our citizens treated, treated fairly. You know, there's frustrations, quite honestly. Look, if there's gridlock in Washington, D.C., 
Uh, one thing you can count on is the stability and a great economy, a great business environment in the state of Georgia, and we're going to keep rocking and rolling. But it is frustrating to have to deal with the fentanyl crisis because we simply cannot secure our border in this country. And I'm hopeful that something gets done, but, you know, my advice, take it for what it's worth while we're waiting on that, just secure the border. I mean, literally every governor in the country is dealing with the fentanyl crisis. We're dealing with street gang crisis. We're dealing with human trafficking crisis. And those are the issues that we're trying to tackle at the state level. Uh, but I believe much could be solved. And I think there will be broad bipartisan support for simply in the meantime, you, while you're working on these things, to secure the dang border. Thank you. That would be uh, the governor of the state of Georgia. He also, for what it's worth, said that you've also, he was proud of opening the state of Georgia. Not only was he proud of opening the state of Georgia, he said uh, that the elite... This is one of the parts I'm trying to find the clip. Greg Bluestein of the AJC, the Atlanta Journal, uh, was there and got the quotes. Uh, the, the elite didn't really care about uh, the whole person, just the virus. And his job as governor is to care about the whole person. And more importantly, that the people who were criticizing him for opening the state were no better. This were the Davos crowd. These are the ones who are criticizing him, the people criticizing him for going on and opening the state of Georgia instead of engaged in a prolonged lockdown were no better than the kids who bang away at keyboards in their mother's basement not knowing what they're talking about. That is a quote from Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia at Davos. Uh, wow. There you go, my friends. That's... What Brian Kemp said, it's what I told you he was going to do. There's a larger issue here that that we need to kind of consider. I, let me, you know what, let me go to, I'm going to be somewhat impolite here to you while I'm doing this because I want to read it exactly, um, the comment as it was. I don't want to paraphrase it uh, because there was a, a comment left when I put the screenshot up on Instagram. And it was from a um, from one of the commenters who follows me there, who I suspect listens to the program. Um, and he says, quote, uh, for those upset about Republicans who sound conservative becoming swamp creatures and not fixing anything, please note this Republican saying conservative things at the world's most corrupt swamp conference. Then he puts in parentheses. I like Brian Kemp, and I hope he went there to gather compromising materials and is planning to sabotage and upend their operations. But it's absurd to pretend that people are being unreasonable about this after 30 years of unremitting betrayal. Uh, actually, uh, his name's Mark. Mark, I absolutely do think it's absurd because you're looking at uh, categories of people. You're not looking at this person. And you're engaged in group identity politics the way the left engages in group identity politics. All Republican uh, politicians sell us out. Well, actually, this one hasn't. This isn't to lionize or provide hagiography for Brian Kipp. It's to point out that a lot of people 
just didn't trust him because they do exactly what the left does and they don't even realize it. They engage in identity politics. They engage in group think and group politics because he is in this class of people. He will perform like this class of people because he is a statewide elected official going to Davos. He will behave like other statewide elected officials going to Davos. I think the Davos crowd assumed he would. Because the Davos crowd are a bunch of socialist identity politics people. The Davos crowd looked at Brian Kim and they thought, huh, we need to not be partisan. We need some bipartisanship. So let's get Larry Hogan, outgoing Republican governor of Maryland, who's a liberal. And let's get Brian Kemp. He's got to actually be a liberal because Donald Trump hates him. And um, here goes Brian Kemp to Davos, and surprise, he wears cowboy boots, poop kickers, as some people would say, except they wouldn't say poop. He's on stage with a bunch of people in European-tailored, perfectly-fit suits and super-expensive dress shoes who speak with funny accents including Larry Hogan from Maryland. <laughs> and and here's Kemp, who says if you attacked him, which everyone in this room did for opening the state of Georgia, you're no better than a kid banging away at their keyboard in their mother's basement who doesn't know what he's talking about. He said that to that crowd on stage. And he made a big deal about opening the southern border and securing it and the fentanyl crisis and human trafficking. At a hotbed of human trafficking, he attacked human trafficking. Yeah, there's a big story on how much prostitution happens in Davos when the World Economic Forum is there. He went after human traffickers on a stage filled with a bunch of people in that room who are probably engaged in human trafficking. I suspect some of them are. He went after the fentanyl crisis with the Chinese leadership in the room who are to blame for the fentanyl crisis. He went after the Biden administration picking winners and losers in the Inflation Reduction Act. He went after the Inflation Reduction Act with a Democratic senator sitting right next to him on stage. And you were mad at him going. Some of you, not all of you, some of you were mad at him going. The larger issue here is trust. Now, I agree with Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. But this is a man who's kind of marched to his own drummer for all this time, and you didn't trust him to go. And those who didn't trust him to go were perfectly fine with Donald Trump going. They put their trust in him, but they wouldn't put their trust in Kemp. Who do they put their trust in? The people who tell them what they want to hear, the people who do what they say all the time. I mean, we, we have a serious level of distrust in this country. But on top of that, we have something else. We have a lack of grace. Grace, uh, my buddy Dan Darling uh, wrote a book on grace. It's coming out shortly. And how it's kind of one of the foundational concepts within Christianity. And a lot of these people who are the most graceless are the people who go to church on Sundays. Or really, they say they go to church on Sunday, but they're in their bass boat. And, and it's not a passive-aggressive reference to anyone. I'm just saying. And they don't show any grace. 
Their, their, their first reaction is to attack and to expect to be disappointed. That there, There's this trauma within the conservative movement of abuse over time from a lot of people who were perfectly happy to back Mitt Romney and John McCain and Donald Trump. And every time they, they, they felt burned afterwards after they did it, I don't blame them, but at some point that's on you. It's not on them. At some point, you're the person who lacks discernment. You, we say all the time, the, the San Francisco gets the politicians San Francisco voted for. You get the politicians you vote for when they betray you all the time. And now you're some sort of victim because all these people you lack the discernment about get elected and betray you. That's on you. It's not on them. Many of the times I warned you these people, they couldn't be trusted and you got mad at me. Yeah, at, at some point, I honestly think conservatives who feel like they keep being betrayed at some point have to recognize their judgment sucks. If you are a conservative who keeps supporting candidates who then get elected and betray you, at some point, you need to reassess how you pick candidates. At some point, you need to reassess why is your discernment and your judgment off that you keep backing candidates? Because a lot of people look. I didn't back Romney, and I opposed McCain in 2008. In 2012, I told you Romney was not going to be the guy we wanted. Yeah, I was wrong about Trump. But more often, I've gotten it right. And even with Trump, he had been a pro-abortion Democrat until he got there, which was part of my concern. But this visceral reaction to a conservative governor who has a longtime conservative record, who has defied pressure from every direction, the worry that, oh my gosh, he's gonna go sell us out in, in Davos has been absurd. And those of you who feel like uh, you, you have a right to expect disappointment, no, no, no. You need to look yourself in the mirror and say you are the problem because you are the one who lacked discernment, not Brian Kemp. And I, I it, a tough love for me today, but the, the belly aching from people that he was going to sell sell you out and then to get mad at me. Of course, he's going to sell us out. It's, it's only the people, the people who go to Davos, they all sell us out. Not this guy. That's not on him. It's on you. Want to be on the show? Call Eric now at 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. The weather outside might be frightful, but in your bed, you've got super soft bowl and branch sheets to sleep under. They'll keep you comfortable. They're just the perfect weight. Summer, winter, fall, spring, the perfect weight, and they get softer every wash. And right now, with the weather so cold outside, you want to just be snuggled up inside. They're the perfect sheets under which you and your loved one can snuggle. And right now you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Eric at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Branch sheets are the perfect 100% organic cotton threads that get softer every wash. Not only do they get softer every wash, but they the drape across your body is just perfect. I really enjoy mine. We've got them now on multiple beds in the house. We've just kept buying them because they're so soft. And every wash, they get softer. And right now, get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code ERIC. 
Phone lines are open, 877-973-7425. Before I move on from the Davos, I want to play you a couple of clips of audio. Um, let me, let's see here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, listen, listen to some of these clips. Second, in terms of, you know, when we talk about scaling up of solutions, it makes me a little uncomfortable because um, I feel that we're always talking about, well, how do we make our supply chains greener, but then it's really about how do we then keep consuming without the negative environmental consequences. But I would also maybe make a suggestion that we really have to take a step back and look into our consumption patterns. Do we really need to keep consuming? What can we do to make our lifestyles more sustainable? And this is pertinent to the developed world because this is where most of the consumption happens. Uh-huh. Very anti-growth. Doesn't want you to be a consumer. Here is uh, Joyita Gupta. This is a safety crisis, but above all, it is also a justice crisis. Many areas in the world are uninhabitable. This uninhabitable zone is increasing. If we continue with our greenhouse gas emissions, then by 2070, as many as 3 billion people will live in uninhabitable zones and mostly in poorer countries. And this basically means that these people who probably have the least contribution to the climate problem have been the ones that are most exposed. That's right. Disaster ahead. Disaster ahead. You know, the problem is these people keep giving us calendar dates. We keep getting to the calendar dates and we don't have the problems that they claim we would have. Last one from John Kerry. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. If you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. What a smug SOB. So I want to propose something to you. It's actually a buddy of mine texted me yesterday and, and, and actually put it in words, and I'm a little bit frustrated. I didn't do it first, but he did it, and he's right. And it's something I've kind of talked about around the edges, and we need to actually talk about this. You know, the, the, the worries about climate change, the worries about systemic racism in this country, you know what they actually are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're part of dogma of the left's religion. But how, how did it get that way? Everywhere you look, the left-wing policies on this planet are failing. The left-wing family planning policies, failing. Left-wing uh, forest management policies, failing. Left-wing crime policies, failing. Left-wing education policies, failing. They can't admit that they are failing So they have concocted mythology to explain the way things are failing and why, from systemic racism to climate change, just so they don't have to grapple with the fact that their worldview itself is failing. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this program, I I, want to go back and play a clip 
real quick. This is from Joyita Gupta, professor, talking on stage at Davos. This is a safety crisis, but above all, it is also a justice crisis. Many areas in the world are uninhabitable. This uninhabitable zone is increasing. If we continue with our greenhouse gas emissions, then by 2070, as many as 3 billion people will live in uninhabitable zones and mostly in poorer countries. And this basically means that these people who probably have the least contribution to the climate problem have been the ones that are most exposed. You got that? She, she's making essentially a uh, racial ethnic argument on fighting climate change. And she gives a date for 2070. She talks about a, a uh, climate zone where people can't live, uninhabitable climate zone. We live even in Antarctica. Research stations, not easily, but we do it. There are people who live in the Sahara in caravans, the hottest places on earth. People who live in very hot parts of Pakistan. We have air conditioner. Maybe we should be adapting instead of disrupting our economies. One of the things that comes out of uh, Davos, and let's be clear here, the people who overwhelmingly are the regular attendees and members of the World Economic Forum. Not not the speakers who were asked to come speak, although a lot of them are, but the, the participants who go every year. They are a secular elite bunch who may be great leaders in their fields, but when you listen to them speak, they really have no appreciation for the way anyone works. They have no good ideas for how to fix problems. They, they use words like systems and holistic. I used to be on uh, city council. I was, Yeah, I was elected at one point in my life, worst job in my life. And there was a guy on the city council, and he was a, a reverend, and his entire lifestyle, he's a very nice guy, but, I mean, his car was paid for by his church, his house was paid for by his church. Uh, he, he got all sorts of bonuses. He taxed church members who didn't show up on certain Sundays, and, and that money went to him. It was just it was a very bizarre existence. But he would sit in in our city council meetings, and he would use lots of big words to cover up a basic ignorance about the way life worked. We must holistically approach the intermingling of the systems of equity and justice to derive for ourselves the holistic inevitable benefits of the evolutionary processes within the systemic organizations of government for the children. And you're like, what the hell did this guy just say? It was a word salad. And a lot of these people on the stage at Davos talk about word salads. It's what Ibram Kendi does. Have you ever listened to Ibram Kendi? Someone once asked him, I played the, the clip a long time ago. Someone once asked Ibram Kendi to define racism. And he essentially said, racism is racism. The guy says, well, can you define racism and in, in anti-racism? Anti-racism is the absence of racism, and racism is the presence of racism. Well, what is if you can't define a term without using the term, you're not bright. 
he may have been, figured out how to play on white guilt to make a lot of money. But it, it, I mean, going back to like fourth and fifth grade, it's something you learn in school that when you're asked to define a word, you don't use the word in its definition. And only the dumb kids in class do. It's kind of a tell. And then he uses large words and creates these word salads. What's going on with all these people? I have a theory, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. And a, a buddy of mine emailed me yesterday, and he was specifically talking about energy. And he said, if you look at California, the California power grid goes out regularly because in California, they have set it up for maximum renewable energy. So they're getting rid of coal and natural gas. They're winding down nuclear for renewables that depend on external forces to generate power, sun and wind. And their power grid's going out. If you look at Texas and the ice storm they had down there, uh, Texas decided to uh, maximize efficiencies and minimize costs in its system. And the result was the power grid went for things that could be subsidized or made cheap which meant that um, when the nuclear power plants shut down and they didn't have a lot of coal plants and the windmills froze in the wintertime because they used the cheap windmills that didn't have the built-in heaters, the whole system collapsed. And then he contrasted it with a place like Georgia where it maximizes for diversity. So you have wind and you have solar and you have coal and you have natural gas and you have nuclear, you have all of the above. Bring in anything that works to provide power. And so the grid is far more stable than these other places. And it was a decision to allow diversity. Instead of picking a winner and a loser, let everything compete. And he pointed out, and it's something I've, I've kind of danced around pointing out, not as precisely as he did, and I'm kind of jealous that he did a better job of pointing it out to me than I have to you, that essentially what's going on here is the left is concocting mythologies to point to to blame so they can escape blame for their policies. So it's not that public education in this country has failed as progressives have taken it over. It's that the country is systemically racist and that's why kids can't learn in public school. It's not that forest fires in California are common because California failed to do the very basics of forest management and conservation. No, it's global warming. It's not that California failed to build adequate reservoir supplies for its state because environmentalists blocked the aqueducts and the reservoirs. No, it's, it's climate change. It's not that we're having absurd power outages in Europe and high costs for natural gas because they became dependent on the Russians and didn't diversify their fuel sources for energy. No, it's, it's the climate. It's not that people have been detached from their families and collapsed because of government policies that disincentivize the two-parent nuclear household and crime is on the rise and education is fall, failing. No, no, it's systemic racism in the system. 
And if you can believe in systemic racism and you can believe everything is related to climate, then you don't have to look at the failure of progressive policies and the failure of progressive worldview. And ultimately, it does come down to a failure of worldview. Now, I say this, and you know going into this, I am an evangelical. It is my worldview. But it is not like I haven't examined the other worldviews. The liberal worldview is essentially man is good. We are our own gods. And we can work our way out of this. The problem here is that in the liberal worldview, it becomes deeply inconsistent because some people actually aren't good. The the people who don't embrace uh, gender ethics of the left, the people who don't embrace their talking points, they're bad, but the liberal worldview is that men are good. And the liberal worldview is that we can innovate and work our way out of things because of the genius of man, except you hear the liberals on stage at Davos say, we actually should stop trying to become efficient and innovate. We should actually give up because we're consuming too much. We should stop being consumers. So their worldview is deeply contradictory to their own actions within their worldview. If we are inherently good people, why is our mankind destroyed? Are we destroying the planet? If mankind can be innovators and innovate our way out of things, why are people on stage at Davos saying that maybe we consume too much and maybe we should stop being concerned about efficiency and instead be concerned about overconsumption? Their worldview is deeply contradictory. This is the worldview that says science reigns supreme, but then screw science when it comes to gender identity. That you should be able to reshape your body through surgery to conform to your gender identity, contrary to what science says about biology. But science says, just not those scientists. Ignore all those scientists, the biologists. No, we're going to go with the scientists who are the psychiatrists. We're going to listen to them instead. Their worldview is deeply contradictory. Meanwhile, my worldview, the Judeo-Christian worldview, is that God created a perfect world. Sin entered into the world, and mankind chose sin over God. And it has polluted everything. It has caused down to the diseases of this world. Sin has polluted everything. It has twisted us down to twisting our DNA, and we are inherently bad. We have chosen sin over God, and God can pull us to him, and we can have individual salvation, and each of us working our salvation out for ourselves improves our world around us. It actually echoes to some degree capitalism. Meanwhile, you have the president of Colombia on stage at Davos saying capitalism is what's destroying the planet. Capitalism has lifted more people out of poverty than socialism and communism. Capitalism has killed far less people than the socialists and the communists. His worldview is a secular humanist worldview that somehow mankind is good, but we invent these bad systems like capitalism. Meanwhile, the the Judeo-Christian worldview is that men are sinners in a fallen world. And as we work on our salvation, we improve ourselves. God blesses us and we can actually arrive at at, at, uh, adaptable solutions for the planet. And we don't have to scare each other. We don't have to, we we work on our own salvation and the whole world is not going to burn. 
The left actually believes now the whole world is going to burn, even if they do everything right, unless they take out the mouth breathers who still drive SUVs. There's no Their eschatology is screwed up. Their, their, their origin story is screwed up. Everything is screwed up. It, it's all an accidental evolution of nature with no planning. And somehow that accidental evolution of nature has derived us and uh, allowed us to become equal and good and, and geniuses who somehow aren't allowed to adapt out of a system because we're creating an uninhabitable, uncomfortable, unlivable zone on the planet because of climate change. Or it could be the policies you people on the left have been act- – Uh, active for for years are the ones causing the problems. It could be that our schools are not failing because of systemic racism. Our schools are failing because of left-wing indoctrination policies. It could be that we're not going to destroy the climate or the climate's not going to destroy us. It could be that we should be allowed to have nuclear power and solar and wind and coal and natural gas and let the best compete to save us. It could be that capitalist competition in the free marketplace is actually really good. But the left doesn't want to point to their failures. The left doesn't want to acknowledge that their worldview is deeply hypocritical. The left doesn't want to acknowledge the inconsistencies of their worldview. The left does not want to acknowledge the failures of their basic policies. And so instead, because so much of the media itself is of the left, we are forced to wring our hands about climate change and systemic racism and the other canards. If you want a small encapsulation of the snapshot of this to get a sense of this, when the FBI raided Donald Trump, People on the right, including people like Marjorie Taylor Greene in Congress, suggested that maybe these documents were planted by the Democrats, and the media was outraged. When it was discovered Joe Biden had classified documents, people like Congressman Hank Johnson suggested maybe the Republicans planted them, and the media gave him a pass. See, the media and the left symbiotically linked, joined at the hip. They cover the things they think are worthwhile. They ignore the things they think are not worthwhile. They condemn the things they think are condemnable and they praise the things they think should be praised. And it all derives, their basis for this is from a deeply hypocritical worldview where the collapse of education in our society, particularly public education, is on display for the world to see, but they can't adequately address it because it comes from governmental policies. The left advocated that have failed. So instead, we must be lectured by the talking heads on TV about systemic racism. Ultimately, the weight of the contradictions collapse the house of cards that is the left's worldview. And all we have to do is keep grabbing hold of the actual truth and, frankly, of a worldview that is entirely consistent. We live in a fallen world. Mankind is bad. We're sinners. But we compete against each other to improve our livelihood and it actually raises, rises all the ships in the sea into a better world through that competition and struggle in a free marketplace, something the left abhors. One of the groups that is battling for the right worldview and for the right causes is Patriot Mobile, their Christian conservative cell phone provider, the only one, and the left hates their guts. 
If you want to do business with a Christian conservative cell phone company that shares your values, go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can do business with Patriot Mobile. You can take your cell phone number to them, your existing number, or get a new number. Take your unlocked cell phone or get a new cell phone from them. They give you 5G, data, voice, everything your current cell phone gives you. They use the same cell towers the other companies use and give you guaranteed great service as a result. And then they take a portion of their profits and fund the causes you care about on the right. You can also call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT is the phone number. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Just call them and say, Eric Erickson, sent me over here. Want to do business with you. They'll give you great deals. Your teacher, first responder, veteran, and RA member, they give you great discounts. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I've done a deep dive talking to a lot of the Republican donors. I'm going to talk to you about some of what they said. If you if you want it, though, if you want the deep dive, you need to subscribe to the daily email. You can text the word DATA to 33777. You can get my write-up. The Republican donors are starting to talk about 2024. I want to fill you in when we come back on some of what they're saying. Right now, I want to go to Gary. Welcome to the show, Gary. Happy New Year's, Eric. Happy New Year. Hey, uh, two quick comments. I grew up in California in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and those horrendous fires have been going on the whole time. It's not like it just started happening. And then also, um, back then, I remember watching TV, and I don't want to play God, but I remember UNICEF running all those commercials about all the people in Africa having all the babies with the flies flying around them and everything. and. And it's starvation like, in the eighties. Yeah. And why would you keep having babies if you know your child is going to die of starvation? Yeah. I, you I know, it. It's it, the whole thing is just, it really is a deeply hypocritical worldview from these people on the left. And by the way, uh, China, you should know, implemented all these left-wing population control theories uh, to avoid ecological disaster and mass starvation in China. And guess what? Uh, according to the Chinese happen. themselves, uh, not only did all that bad stuff not happen when they got over a billion people, but they're looking at a 45% population wipeout in the next 50 years. Uh, they aborted so many girls. There are not enough girls now uh, for the boys. And contrary to what Western medicine believes, boys can't get pregnant. I realize there are doctors... In the West, who now suddenly believe boys can get pregnant, but actually, no, they can't. The Chinese have a problem on their hands. When we come back, the millionaire and billionaire donors of the GOP are starting to assess 2024. If you want the inside scoop on what they're thinking, I know what it is because I've been talking to them in the run-up to a meeting I'm headed to.